Welcome to the EFL Review with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. Three leagues and one very big cup final for us to talk about tonight as we cover all the matches that took place in the Championship, League One and League Two. As always, you can expect the same level of insight, analysis and interviews that you come to expect every single week. And without further ado, let's kick it off nice and simply with the Championship, as we always do. And we'll start with a nice, boring Friday night fixture, which finished Burnley nil, Sunderland nil. Championship leaders Burnley moved 14 points clear at the top of the table and extended their unbeaten league run to 18, with a goalless draw at home to Sunderland. Both sides spurned opportunities in an uninspired stalemate, with Anis Saruri firing wide as the Black Cats threatened to condemn Burnley to their first home defeat this season. The result did little for 11th place Sunderland's playoff hopes as they failed to score for the first time in 20 league games. Although they were entitled to rue their luck when Ahmed Diallo's deflected strike hit the crossbar in the 69th minute. Abdullah Barr had the ball in the Burnley net with four minutes remaining but was denied by an offside flag as Sunderland became the first team to keep a clean sheet at Turf Moor this campaign. The last person to actually keep a clean sheet at Turf Moor was Edison of Manchester City. With that in mind, let's listen to Burnley boss Vincent Company. Vincent, a point each. What's your assessment on tonight's game? Um, I don't know. I think, look, in the end, the game was the game was fairly even. I think we we had more big chances, even though we could have had more, but but we had the better chances. Um, and then a couple of chances that Sunderland had, had were really good chances as well. So. Based on chances, I thought we we could have maybe scored a goal, but um, in the end, you have to you have to give credit to to Sunderland that played really well and and um, yeah, maybe not a bad point. Is it difficult having sort of probably one full training session with the squad? We've been yeah. so many way this week all over the world. Well, it's difficult that we still have a player to to come back. You know, it's. Um, it's a, it's a Friday night game. Uh, players have come back from all over the world, and and look, we've been used to busy schedule. Um, the only difference is we haven't had them with us, you know. So we. That's why I can kind of look at this game and say, okay, you know, I've seen this happen before, and um, we had chances, but in the end, you know, a draw is probably not a bad result, and we we'll look forward to the next game. On to Saturday now, Luton Town two. Watford nil. Luton Town boss Rob Edwards masterminded victory over his former side Watford as the promotion-chasing Hatters kept the pressure on the Championship's top two in a high-octane derby at a packed Kenilworth Road. Gabriel Osho's low first-half strike opened the scoring for the hosts, who had won four of their previous six matches 1-0. Watford, who failed to register an attempt on target in the first half, improved after the interval and went close through a Jeremy Ngakia headier. But a poor clearance allowed Alan Campbell to smash in an injury time second for the hosts, who are now unbeaten in seven. Luton's latest richly deserved success keeps them fourth, just six points adrift of second place Sheffield United and level on points with third place Middlesbrough. But more on their matches later. Watford's defeat in just the sixth league encounter between the sides in more than 25 years means their chances of creeping into the playoff places seem remote, having won just once in the last six-game run that has also brought three consecutive defeats. I wonder if we'll see Chris Wilder soon. Edwards oversaw just three wins in his 10 championship games as Watford manager, but only had six weeks off before replacing Nathan Jones in mid-November, with the Hatters in 10th and the Hornets 4th. Preston North End 3, Blackpool 1. Preston kept their playoff hopes alive with a convincing derby win over relegation-threatened Blackpool at Deepdale. Tangerine's old boy Brad Potts put the hosts ahead in the lively opening, lashing a superb angled drive into the far corner from the right-hand side of the box. Ben Whiteman then fooled Blackpool goalkeeper Chris Maxwell for the second, shaping to curl a free kick into the box for waiting teammates, only to whip it in inside the near post. 
Tom Cannon capped a quick counter-attack by placing a neat finish in off the post for Preston's third before Jerry Yates side-footed a late close-range consolation. Birmingham City 1, Blackburn Rovers nil. Reader Kadra grabbed the only goal as Birmingham moved closer to safety and dented Blackburn's playoff push. The on-loan Brighton midfielder fired through a crowd to put the Blues ahead on the hour. Rovers battled hard for an equaliser, but John Ruddy's double save from Lewis Travis and Bradley Dax sealed the three points. It was a third win in four for Birmingham, who are now nine points clear of the bottom three in 15th, while Blackburn slipped to sixth on goal difference, following Millwall's draw across the city at West Brom. Only seems appropriate we move there straight away. West Brom nil. Millwall nil. Millwall picked up a point from a goalless draw at West Brom to consolidate their place in the championship playoff places. Baggies midfielder Adam Reach sent two efforts off target in the first half, while Brandon Thomas Asante fired narrowly wide after the break. Albion keeper Josh Griffiths then made two fine saves to beat away Tom Bradshaw's near post header and parry over a stinging drive by Zion Fleming. Thomas Asante had a late chance blocked and a Tom Rogic strike was deflected wide for the hosts as Millwall climbed to fifth after Blackburn's defeat at Birmingham to establish a four-point gap on the chasing pack. Bristol City won, Reading won. Reading picked up their first point away from home this year as they came from a goal behind to draw one all with Bristol City at Ashton Gate. Tommy Conway marked his return from injury with his 10th goal of the campaign right before half-time to put the hosts ahead. But against the run of play, substitute Lucas Shaw draw Reading level midway through the second half with a header from free kick. Naki Wells twice had the ball in the net for City, but both saw efforts ruled out for offside, and Andy King's late header hit the woodwork as the hosts failed to convert their superior chances. Cardiff City 2, Swansea City 3. Swansea City made history once again in the South Wales derby, as Ben Cabango's 99th minute goal secured an extraordinary 3-2 win at Cardiff. Joel Peroy just drove Swansea ahead inside three minutes before Liam Cullen headed home their second. Jaden Falenji pulled one back and Sori Cabba's late header looked to have sealed a draw. But Cardiff-born Cabango swept in right at the end to leave the Bluebirds deep in relegation trouble. Having claimed the first league double in 111 years of this fixture, last season Swansea had repeated the feat in this campaign and in an unforgettable fashion. Cabango steered home from close range after Jay Fulton's drive and hit the post to spark wild celebrations among the away supporters as Swansea began the first team to win four straight South Wales derbies in the league. Swansea are sitting pretty in mid-table after Russell Martin maintained his perfect record in this fixture. But another painful derby day leaves Cardiff hovering above the championship's bottom three on goal difference, alone with the end of the season in sight. Coventry City nil, Stoke City 4. Stoke City brought Coventry's nine-game unbeaten run to an abrupt end as they crushed the Sky Blues 4-0 to dent their hopes of reaching the playoffs. Jacob Brown tapped the ball in at the back post to put Stoke a goal up only six minutes in, before Tyrese Campbell doubled their advantage just before the break. Will Smallbone made it 3-0 midway through the second half, slotting the ball into the bottom corner before Kiana Hoover capped an excellent afternoon for the Potters with a superb solo effort, 13 minutes from time. Stoke, now unbeaten 5, move up to a place in 13th, while Coventry fall four points behind the top six. Hull City nil, Rotherham United nil. Ten-man Rotherham ground out a valuable point at Hull to strengthen their fight against relegation. The Millers had midfielder Dominus Keener dismissed late on for taking out Adama Traore when he was through on goal, but they, th- they were held on to a secure a draw and deny the home side, who have now just won just once in nine. Hull's best chance fell to Ryan Longman, who was foiled by a superb stop by Victor Johansson. Where do we go next? I think it's only appropriate. Huddersfield 4, Middlesbrough 2. Relegation threatened, Huddersfield produced a stunning second half fight back to beat Middlesbrough and dent their automatic promotion hopes. Marcus Fors' powerful finish put Borough ahead shortly before half-time, but Josh Ruffles lashed a shot into the roof of the net to level just 20 seconds into the second half. The host led moments later when Josh Caroma curled a shot into the corner before Matty Pearson added a quick-fire double as below-par Borough collapsed. 
The visitors had a goal ruled out for handball before Tuba Akpom headed in a consolation from Riley McGree's cross for his 26th goal of the season. It left Middlesbrough six points adrift of second-place Sheffield United, having played one game more, while the Terriers moved level on points with Cardiff City in 21st place. With that in mind, let's listen to Huddersfield boss Neil Warnock. Gaffer, thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, what did you say to the lads at halftime? Well, it, I wasn't... I mean, they were the best side in the first half, but they, hadn't, they didn't have a shot. So I, I just thought we could be a little bit more positive and make runs and, you know, win some tackles and get the crowd going. And, I, I mean, I can't ask any more than a goal after so many seconds. And, and then we just went from there. You could see everything lifted. I thought we, we, you know, we were the team being a lot more positive on forward runs. There were some really good performances out there by lads, you know. Uh, Danny Ward, I mean, the, the amount of work he put in today, and midfield as well. You know, some of them, <laughs> I don't think they've ever worked as hard in their life, really. But uh, when you work hard, you, you get your rewards. Like you said, the, the hard work seemed to be paying off, and it, it's lads popping up with goals that you wouldn't expect. Mike Pearson scoring a brace, that must be a, a great bonus to, to be able to rely on lads like that as well. Well, he owes us. We did work on, believe it or not, we worked on the back post with Halleck and, and Matty. Um, and really, I think two or three goals have come from that area. But uh, he owes us one anyhow from giving his uh, stupid penalty away at West Brom. So uh, it's, you know, sort of levelled up on it. The the atmosphere in the place after when those goals started going in one after the other was absolutely electric. It's it's not just belief off the field, but belief on the field that seems to all be buying in together and, and creating something. You know, yeah. an atmosphere. I mean, the lads, like I say to them. You know, we were five to one to win at home today. One of my teams—that's a disgrace. That by the bookies. Um, so I hope, they, I hope we've cost a few quid. But I, I just thought, second half in particular, we really got on top of it, and you know, we enjoyed the battle. Like I said, they're a very good side. They make no mistake. So to come away with three points uh, is, a, is a real bonus. Especially, we, we did all right in the first half. We, we didn't—we restricted them without a shot, really. Uh, our goal is not had a shot to set, but they were a little. They were better than us in the first half, and to concede a goal like we did at, right at the death was disappointing, really. But I had to lift them again at half time, and that's what my job is. The scenes at the end of the game, I thought, were, were quite telling, especially somebody like Jonathan Hogg, who's usually quite reserved, but his, his emotions were plain to see. Celebrating with the crowd, you know, fist pumping, red in the face. It's that kind of emotion that's going to get us. Getting further out of this situation, there we're not quite out of it yet, but there's work to do. Make no mistake, we're nowhere near out of it. Yes, um, you know it's it, it's probably as good a result as I've had in my whole career. That today, in the circumstances with the squad I've got, the opponents, I think that's as good a good a performance and result as I've ever had. And the fans played the part today, really got behind us. Once that first goal went in, you could see the belief around the ground and the players. You know they bred into it and. Wow, you know, I mean, it's. I'm sure everybody's gone home happy tonight. I said something similar to, we spoke to Josh Ruffles and, and Matt Pearson just before you came in, and I said that the past week or so, uh, since that Millwall game, the news that's happened on the field and off the field, the place has felt a little bit lighter, a little bit brighter. That seemed to show today. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about confidence, you know. This, that's what football's all about. I mean, uh, you know, I'm getting on in years, but I still... You know, really proud of what they give me today. When I look back at this performance in a few weeks when I'm sat fishing, I remember, you know, they, they, they actually had to grit the teeth today, show a lot of passion and a lot of guts, and that's my kind of team, really. That's where I've lived all my life, really, in, in my career. Uh, so it's another one that, you know, really proud. I'm sure the, the fans will remember it. Neil, thank you very much for your time. Congratulations. Yeah, cheers. Thank you. Wigan won. Queen's Park Rangers nil. Struggling Wigan brushed aside off-field issues to beat out out-of-form Queen's Park Rangers and boost their hopes of championship survival. The Latics, who were docked three points by the EFL this week for failing to pay salaries in March, recorded a first win in nine games thanks to Max Powers' early penalty. The midfielder fired into the roof of the net in the sixth minute to score his first goal of the campaign after Daniel Sanani had been brought down by our centre-back Leon Balogun. Wigan goalkeeper Ben Amos was at full strength to deny Kenneth Powell in injury time, but Rangers fell to their seventh defeat in eight league outings and are now just three points above the relegation zone. Failing to remember, they were top of the table in October. 
and I believe the final match to take place in the Championship this weekend sees Norwich City nil, Sheffield United 1. James McAtee grabbed the only goal as a windswept Carrow Road as Sheffield United edged out Norwich to earn a third win in four Championship games and move six points clear of third place. A miserable, rainy afternoon contributed to the game in a very few chances, with McAtee's 62nd minute tap-in after a slick move, the first attempt on target. But it was enough for, to take the blade six points clear of both Luton Town and Middlesbrough, who of course were thumped 4-2 by Neil Warnock's Huddersfield. FA Cup semi-finalist United came closest to breaking the deadlock before the break, but Anel Akmak-Hodsvich's header hit the bar, while the best Canaries' opportunity fell to Marquinhos, who shot over in the first half and also had a 90-second minute attempt saved. The Brazilian was involved in the home side's best moments, but were limited, and David Wagner's playoff hopefuls slipped to a second defeat in four-game winless run. All the best chances in an even first half came from corners, although neither side could manage the test the keepers despite plenty of endeavour. Sanderberg, on his 100th start for the Blades, sent a header wide, but the best opportunity fell to defender Achme Hodzic, whose effort came back off the bar, with Norwich managing to scramble the ball clear. The Canaries, who have now failed to beat Sheffield United in their last seven meetings, went closest through Marquinhos, the Brazilian shooting over after Timu Puki flicked on Gabriel Sara's cross. McAtee's goal, his sixth for the Blades, came after some great approach play by Illiman and Dai, and the visitors almost added to the lead when substitute Billy Sharp's strike hit the post. A long-range Marquinhos effort in added time could have salvaged a draw, but Wes Fotheringham saved comfortably, leaving 7th place Norwich four points adrift of Blackburn, who occupy the last playoff spot. With that in mind, and I believe an EFL review first, let's listen to Sheffield United boss Paul Heckingbottom. Well, Paul, many congratulations on the victory. That feels like a big victory and was celebrated as such at the end. They all are. This stage of the season, we're running out of games. Um, which is a good thing for us because we're in, in the position we want to be in. So, yeah, every time we can get a win, get three points at this stage of the season, we're just making it that little bit harder for everyone else. But um, long, long way to go. So many games we've got to play. We've seen results today and this stage of the season. Um, strange things happen in terms of results, performances. and I know that. The players know that, which is a good thing. <clears throat> So we're just trying to focus on us and ourselves. And, uh, yeah, I think I've been saying the last couple of weeks we've, we're going to be well into April. Semi-final FA Cup, still chasing promotion. So what's not to enjoy now about these remaining games? A lot of Blades fans, though, will look at what's happened today and feel that it's actually been quite a swing in the Blades' favour now to be six points clear of Borough with that game in hand. Well, it is a swing in our favour, we know that. But it's like I've been saying all along, this gap will keep changing. Sometimes it's closed, sometimes it's opened up. And that'll continue because we can't mirror each other's results, you know. So, uh, yeah, we prepared for that. We know we know that can happen, but we also know that sort of away from wherever we're playing, it's irrelevant, we can't control it. And whilst we welcome that result today, um, Luton had a good run, good result. They're right in the frame. Uh, yeah, so we just focus on us and, and our games and our performances. And like I said, every time we can get a positive result, it's... Um, that, that margin for error with the chasing teams becomes smaller. What's your perspective on the goal that ultimately separates the two sides? I think it got down to whichever camera angle you see in the inches as to whether it's offside or not. Yeah, I've been told it's onside. I've just been told, yeah, it's onside, but I've just said that I'm quite upset about that because I feel uh, like we still owed a lot and I'd have, I'm not bothered how we score. We've won 1 0. But I like, say, so yeah, I think we're owed a lot this season. We had one at Sunderland, didn't we? Which, if I were Tony, I'd have been upset about, but. You know, I haven't gone on about it a lot this season, but you see, when we win, we're old, we're old many, we're old many, and if we get them between now and the end of the season, it can only help. So, yeah, if it was onside, I'm quite upset about that. Uh, but um, <coughs> in terms of the performance, look, you created the most and restricted Norwich to very little, so it's a deserved victory. <coughs> yeah, and and listen, Norwich are dangerous, uh, dangerous players, players from the Premier League last year. You know, that's the benchmark. But we wanted to win. We came here to win. Uh, we had to make a change at half-time. We, the front three, we couldn't get them close enough together. We had, we had tried to be brave. We tried to play. We did play. But we couldn't make things happen in the final third. Last pass, not connected enough. Um, we ate the bar. Yeah, we had good moments. But 
I felt we didn't get control of the game as much as I would have liked. Even though you, I get we had the opportunity, we, we we limited Norwich, but we needed to get the front two closer together. So Illiman weren't chasing back on this side, Maka weren't chasing on the other, and Oli Mack weren't isolated. So we we put Illiman up front with Oli and then Maka into a midfield role, which just helped to block up the middle of the pitch. And when we did play forward, we had bodies closer together, and I felt it, I felt it helped, but. I felt his best moments came after we went 1-0 up because Norwich have to come out that little bit more so we did have opportunities then on the counter and when they were uh, chasing the game but I thought we, regardless of that I thought we saw the game out well and, and it was in the, they had that one shot Marquinhos which moved Wesley well but apart from that we, we saw the game out really really well How more perhaps content are you with the, the overall performances following on from Sunderland, obviously the cup win, and then again today, just with the standard of everybody and how they're playing? Yeah, yeah listen, yeah, lots said, and, it, and results will always dictate, so it's not dissimilar to a lot, you know, but we've won, we've come to a tough place and won. I think there's two things that stand out. <clears throat> we're playing quicker and braver, we're playing with the ball quicker, trying to move the ball quicker and, and, and demanding off each other to take the ball. If we, if we lose a ball... If we give it away and they score, so what? That's my fault. But we're certainly doing that, and that's evident. So, on the eye, it looks better. And there's a, a lot more aggression about us in terms of that intent to win the ball back again, high again. If we overcommit every now and again and they get through us and get a chance, that's on me. But I think you could see first half the amount of times we won the ball back in, in Norwich's half. So, that's how we want to play. Um, so, I think they're the two things which I would say has been better. But they've also been there in other games when we've when we've been beat because it can't always go our way. So, yeah, we're pleased with with what we're doing. We're pleased where we're at. Um, but as I say, a long way to go, and, and it's on to the next and a, and a tough weekend, the Easter weekend, and it usually looks. Uh, yeah, after those two games, Easter weekend, it usually looks. You get a good idea where you're at. So, with that in mind, let's take a look at the Championship table. Well, as expected, Burnley still top of the league, 84 points from 38 games played. Also on 38 games face is second place Sheffield United, but a distant 11 points below Burnley. Middlesbrough sit in third still on 67 points, level with fourth place Luton. Just out as six points adrift of that, sit fifth place Millwall, 61 points from 39 games played. One game less are Blackburn Rovers, but on level on points, also 61. There are some teams that you would still claim are probably within a playoff push, but realistically it's looking very unlikely now as we approach the last uh, few games of the season. I think we've got about seven left for many of the teams here. Norwich, Coventry, both on 57. West Brom, 56 alongside Preston. Watford dropped to 11th with 55 points, as do Sunderland, falling to 12th. At the bottom end, it's looking equally uh, as tight. In and around mid-table, still very much the same. The usual suspects we've seen for much of this season, Stoke, Bristol City, Swansea, Birmingham and Hull, all sit as expected. Then it goes to Reading in 18th. QPR very quickly getting drawn into this relegation battle. You'd have to say Reading look quite likely to be absolutely fine now as they're on 46 points, QPR on 42, whereas the bottom three all sit on 39. So, as I've mentioned again, QPR 42 points from 39 games played, Rotherham in 20th 41 points from 38, Cardiff 39 from 38, and Huddersfield 39 from 39. So realistically, Cardiff really need to be pulling off that win if they are to convince themselves that they can stay up this season. Blackpool and Wigan, unfortunately, still in the bottom three. Wigan will be really kicking themselves, unfortunately, if they do uh, go down with less than three points to the gap following that um, that disciplinary from the EFL for problems that realistically had nothing to do with the players. But that is the table in full. When I first started my business, I was hopeless at paperwork. My system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later, much later. Thank goodness for Chalmers Accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes, and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation. At AJ Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. 
We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. So, Championship all done and dusted? You know what that means. Straight on to League One. And my word, do we have some goals in some of the matches that took place this week? And we'll start with one of the big ones Barnsley 5. Morecambe nil. A dominant Barnsley display helped them earn their seventh straight home win with a 5-0 victory over a struggling Morecambe side whose winless run has now extended to eight. Devante Cole and Herbie Kane scored both before the interval and with the former earning his brace in the second half, Bobby Thomas got on the score sheet late on. The Tykes took advantage four minutes in through a top scorer Cole who capitalised when Connor Ripley spilled Luca Connell to low shot from a set piece 25 yards out. The home side's lead was doubled in the 21st minute when Jordan Williams crossed low from the right and after a series of deflections it was turned in by the unfortunate Morecambe defender, Dinal Simeu. Kane scored the third in the 32nd minute, striking beyond Ripley after the ball fell his way inside the box. Michael Duff's side added a fourth in the 53rd minute. Williams' forward pass was dummied by Kane, allowing the ball to reach Cole and he calmly slotted past Ripley from inside the box. Thomas headed home the fifth, three minutes into stoppage time. And probably the other big one of the evening, well, without obvious really, Charlton Athletic 6, Shrewsbury Town 0. Miles Leeburn scored twice as Charlton hammered Shrewsbury 6-0. Scott Fraser, Albie Morgan, Jez Razian Ruxaki and Macaulay Bond were also on target, while a red card for Tom Flanagan put the seal on a miserable day for the visitors. It took 26 minutes for the home side to break the deadlock. Fraser curling home a free kick from the edge of the area past the outstretched Marco Morosi. The Shrewsbury stopper turned to Leeburn header over the bar on 33 minutes, but the home side put themselves out of sight before the break. Seven minutes before the interval, Morgan picked up the ball from Raksaki and fired low for and hard for his fifth of the season. The provider turned scorer in the first half injury time when his solo run was too much for the Shrewsbury defence and he slotted home. Lieburn added the fourth for the afternoon with a 25-yard shot that left Morosi rooted to the spot. The striker made it five with a penalty after Flanagan was dismissed for a handball in the area and Macaulay Bond added a sixth in time added on. Something slightly more underwhelming now, I'm afraid. Cheltenham Town nil, Burton Albion nil. Cheltenham extended that unbeaten run to six with a nil-nil draw at home to Burton. It was a largely uninspiring encounter before uh, between improving sides who have moved clear of the bottom four in recent weeks. Derby County nil, Ipswich Town 2. Ipswich closed in on the top two with a seventh straight victory as they beat Derby at Pride Park. They caught Derby on the break with the, in the 17th minute when Nathan Broadhead crossing to Wes Burns who headed the ball down for Connor Chaplin to score from 12 yards. Derby fought their way into the game and went close in the 33rd minute when a James Collins crush ricocheted off Cameron Burgess and was held on the line by Christian Walton. They had a great chance to level on the stroke of half-time when Nathaniel Mendes-Lang crossed for the back post where David McGoldrick headed into the side netting. Derby thought they had equalised in the 49th minute, but Earing Cashin's header from a corner was ruled out for a foul. Ipswich had been pushed back, but then sprung out in the 76th minute through Burns, who was denied by Joe Wildsmith only for George Hurst to fire in the rebound and put the seal on another impressive performance. Fleetwood Town 2, Exeter City 2. Pierce Sweeney scored a dramatic stoppage time equaliser as Exeter earned a draw at Fleetwood. The Grecians were still searching for a first away win since January, but Sweeney's second goal for the club ensured a point, which is really quite impressive given that man has the best part of 250 appearances for the Devon side. Jack Marriott had put the hosts on course for a third straight victory before the defender's late leveller. Jay Lynch produced a brilliant early save to keep out Josh Key's point-blank header, Marriott opening the scoring in the 19th minute as he beat his marker to fire the ball into the bottom left corner. Shotstopper Jamal Blackman pulled off a great save to deny the hosts going two up. Kevin McDonald levelled the scoring on the half-hour mark as the finished a brilliant team move that was started by Dimitri Mitchell's corner. The Grecians almost instantly took the lead as both Key and Mitchell went close to a second. 
But Marriott made no mistake down the other end as he poked home from Harvey McAdams' drilled cross after he showed a great turn of pace on the wing. Jaden Stockley, returning to one of his former clubs, headed just over the crossbar after the hour mark, while Blackman kept out Dan Batty late on before Sweeney's late, late equaliser. And, in my opinion, another EFL first. Let's listen to Exeter City boss Gary Caldwell. Gary, before we talk about what is a, a great point in the end on the road, uh, I'm sure every single Exeter City fan will be showing plenty of concern for Jay Stansfield uh, this afternoon. Can you tell us what you know so far? Yeah, it looked really awkward the, the way he went down. Uh, we don't know, you know, to, to what extent he's, he's kind of hurt himself, but it, it didn't look great. Uh, he was in a bit of pain, so we'll, we'll see how he is in the next 48 hours. He certainly looked uh, uncomfortable coming off, didn't he? Um, he worked so hard uh, in the game as well that he created some key chances, as we've seen over the last uh, couple of games, really, as well. Yeah, he's phenomenal. He keeps going, uh, as does everyone. Uh, thought everyone today, again, gave absolutely everything for the cause. Uh, so, fingers crossed, it's, it's not too bad, but we'll assess him uh, over the coming days. It wasn't our best performance of the season, but sometimes it, it doesn't have to be. Um, left it late, but a point... On balance, would you say was that it was a fair point? Yeah, I think it was. I don't think we can d- defend the way we defended uh, and expect to win a game of football. We lost two poor goals. Uh, we looked loose on, on first contact, second balls. Uh, some of our build-up play and our, our passing through the thirds was excellent. And then the final third, I thought, you know, we weren't as good as we've been in recent weeks, but we still came away from home, scored two goals. Uh, both from set pieces, which is something we've been working on to, to try and do more. Uh, so delighted with that and delighted with the player's character. 1-0 uh, down, 2-1 down away from home after a tough week, travelling a long way. Tells you a lot about this group of players that they kept going and, and found a way to, to not be beaten today. We spoke a couple of weeks ago about how we got the balance right in terms of attacking, but it was defending that, that was letting us down. Do you feel perhaps old habits crept in a little bit today? Yeah, we just need to be better. It's something we always need to you know, keep improving and there will always be areas of the, the game that we, we have to improve. And today I just felt like any, any long ball was causing, them, causing us a lot of problems. Uh, obviously Stockley is a player we know really well. He's a handful. He does win a lot of first contacts, but we have to get around that and be, be there for the second balls. And today, too many times, it, it causes a lot of problems. And uh, when you give two goals away like we did, it's always going to be a difficult task. But we... We found the answers and got, got two goals, and, and but for some sloppy play in the final third, I thought we could have actually scored more goals uh, if we had been more clinical. Took the lead through uh, Kevin McDonald's third of the season. What a, a lovely corner move that was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a great uh, cutback. We, we take men out and try and pull men out, and we knew we would be free at the edge of the box. And... Uh, we managed to work something uh, and, and get a goal and Kev just, don't know where he's getting all these goals from, but he keeps popping up with them and uh, I thought he was excellent today, overall his, his general game, but for him to start three games after coming back, we knew he was always going to be a risk in terms of injury and uh, for him to get through three games about an hour was, was excellent and hopefully another week's training will, will bring his fitness on again. It was five years since his last goal, and now it's three in his first nine games. He certainly had the impact that I imagine it why he brought him to the club. Yeah, the goals are a, a massive bonus, but the, the quality he gives us in possession and the control he has, the composure he has to, to play between lines and receive under pressure is, is, is top. And I think he's, you know, he's been a, a great example to not just the midfielders, to everyone and how he, how he behaves and how he prepares... To play as a professional is first class. Pierce Sweeney obviously got that late equaliser. Perseverance paid off. It was the second time of asking for him. I know he'll be really chuffed if that. His celebration was certainly an interesting one. Yeah, I didn't see it. I was trying to get them back to obviously try and win the game. But uh, again, playing, he wasn't feeling the best. He went down the first half but managed to keep going, stay on the pitch when, when he wasn't at 100%, as did a lot of players today. And, Again, that's great credit to them and their character uh, after a difficult week in terms of three games, travelling up here yesterday. Uh, fantastic character to, to get something from the game. 
And those two set-piece goals you, you spoke about, uh, I think it was the Accrington game when you, you weren't sure whether it was or not, but Perks was claiming it. Is he, is he claiming these two as well? Well, you're definite. Today was, was definite goals, and we, we did work last Thursday in the afternoon, and uh, the work on the training pitch pays off, so we'll, we'll keep trying to improve in every area, whether that's you know set-pieces or defending the long ball, second balls. We always try to evaluate the game and, and give the players... Uh, some some areas we can improve, and you can see this team's come a long way uh, since I've came into the club. But we've, we've still got a long way to go to be the team we want to be. Joe White came on for Harry Kite at half time. What's the thinking behind that substitution? Uh, just for energy. Harry Kite's another player that came back from injury, started all three games this week, and you know gives absolutely everything for the cause and uh, nothing to do with performance, just purely for for energy and to get fresh legs on the pitch. That is obviously three games in a week for, for most of these players. You, you could for, perhaps forgive the energy levels perhaps dropping towards the end of this game, but they didn't. And once again, a Gary Corgar team has scored a stoppage time goal. Yeah, it's fantastic. They, they keep going. They, they, you know, the intensity they play with, even, like you said, after a difficult week in terms of physically, they, they, they didn't look at their peak. Uh, but there's a great uh, character and desire uh, and every single player to, to give everything for, for the football team. So uh, they got the rewards late. Uh, our supporters got the rewards for travelling such a long way and uh, delighted we could you know, we could keep the unbeaten run. That's three games unbeaten now and we want to continue that for as long as we can. You mentioned the supporters there. Just under 400 came up here today. I know a few have, have made a weekend out, out of it in Blackpool as well. You're certainly sending them home with something, which, which is always worth it when you've travelled such a long way. Yeah, I think that's really important. You know, we were shooting into them second half and they, they kept going, they stayed with us as they always do and at least we give them something to, to cheer about. They were, you know, singing at the end and, and in great voice. It wasn't quite the bounce from, from Tuesday night from, from the players, but you could see every player and staff member going over and, and thanking them for the support because the distance they've travelled is, is quite incredible. The numbers they come in is incredible. So uh, I'm glad we've given them at least something from the day. Thanks a lot, Gary. Thank you. Peterborough nil, Oxford United nil. Peterborough climbed into the League One playoff places despite being held to a goalless draw at struggling Oxford. Darren Ferguson's men rose into the top six by virtue of having scored more goals than promotion rivals Derby on a day when they rarely looked actually like they were going to score. They could not force Oxford goalkeeper Simon Eastwood into a save of note as midfielder Ollie Norburn twice shot wide from long range in the first half and Joe Wilde saw a brilliant effort saved blocked by Cameron Brannigan just before half-time. The best chance fell to an Oxford side without a win in their last 11 games but Yannick Wiltshire could only fire at the legs of goalkeeper Will Norris after being released by Marcus Brown on the half-hour mark. Port Vale nil, Cambridge United 2. Kingbridge earned three valuable points in their battle against the drop with a 2-0 victory at Port Vale. Sam Smith and Lloyd Jones scored twice in four minutes early in the second half to end United's six-match winless run and move them to within five points of safety with eight games left to play. The visitors looked the more threatening in a fairly uneventful first half, with curling efforts from Shiloh Tracy and Jack Lancaster narrowly missing the target. Vale sprung into life in the 47th minute as Matty Taylor guided Tom Conlon's pass into the path of Funzo Ojo, whose shot just inside the area was well saved by Will Mannion. But they found themselves behind moments later when Smith bundled the ball into the net after Aidan Stone had kept out Lancaster's cross from a close-range effort. Cambridge came close to doubling their advantage almost immediately, with shots from Smith and Lancaster blocked inside the box. They did not have to wait much longer for their second, though as centre-back Jones glanced a header from Conor McGrandles' cross in the 52nd minute to settle the contest. Portsmouth 1, Forest Green Rovers 0. Owen Dale's second goal of the season gave Portsmouth all three points from a dour 1-0 win over bottom club Forest Green that has at least kept their League One playoff dreams slightly alive. In a first half which saw more bookings than attempts on goal, it was a difficult to see where one would come from. Pompey were finding it hard to break down the back five of a team currently 11 points from safety. A Colby Bishop header just over the bar from a Tom Lowry cross after 10 minutes and a Michael Jacobs cross pushed behind for a corner were all that Pompey could muster while the visitors failed to produce a single effort. 
Pompey managed to get that long uh, that longed for goal in the 51st minute. A Joe Rafferty crossed deep from the right to the far post saw Dale head past Ross Doohan. Dale could have doubled the tally in the 71st minute, but he somehow managed to fire wide of an open goal. Sheffield Wednesday won Lincoln City. One Sheffield Wednesday's dip in form continued as they were held to a one or draw by Lincoln at Hillsborough. The Owls took the lead in the 12th minute when Will Vokes crossed in from the left and Michael Smith rose highest to nod in the opener. Lincoln responded well and equalised after 28 minutes when a keeper David Stockdale could only parry Harry Boyce's effort into the path of Daniel Mandrew for a tap-in. In the second half, Vokes' free kick was met by Aidan Flint, but the centre-back could only pass his head wide of the target. The imp frustrated the home side for the majority of the game, with Wednesday struggling to create any real chances of note. And finally, Wickham Wanderers 2, MK Dons 2. Jonathan Laco's classy finish helped MK Dons claim a draw at Wickham in a fiery Buckinghamshire derby. Laco's lake strike moved the Dons five points clear of League One's relegation zone, while the chairboys sit two points from the playoff places despite David Wheeler's double. The visitors opened the scoring inside ten minutes when Connor Grant found space on the edge of the area and squared to a free Daniel Harvey who rolled home an easy finish. Wickham responded, and after Chem Campbell was fouled 40 yards out from goal, Captain Joe Jacobson curled a beautiful delivery to the back post for Wheeler to ghost in unmarked and, and equalise. Uh, MK Don started the second half brightly as Paris Magoma forced Max Stierjack to tick over his powerful drive, and five minutes later, former Glover Lewis Wings' blocked free kick fell to De Bar as his hooked cross was lashed home by Wheeler for his second of the game. Leco then produced a moment of inspiration, cutting inside and beating three Wickham defenders to curl home a deflected effort and earn his side a valuable point. And another EFL first for you tonight, I believe. So let's hear from NK Don's boss, Mark Jackson. Mark, fair? 2-2 this afternoon? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's a real competitive game. I thought there were periods in the game, in the first half and second half, where you know, both teams dominated certain parts of it. Uh, so I think in... In all, it was a, probably a fair result. Started extremely well, got the early goal. Um, nice work from Jonathan Leco again, and an unlikely source, I suppose, from Dan Harvey. Yeah, he's been getting into these positions, and, and we encourage, particularly with the, with the formation we play with the wing-backs, to, for them to get forward, and he did, so that was, that was pleasing. Uh, I thought we started really well. Uh, we knew that Wickham would put us under pressure from set, play, uh, set plays, and uh, that's where their equaliser came from, and, and, and their second goal as well from a second phase. Uh, but all in all, we defended well. I thought we showed great character uh, to come back from 2-1 because that's a hard thing to do here when they're pushing there. Uh, and uh, yeah, We're happy with the point. I was going to say, really, because it shows the growth maybe in the side that 2-1 down, having been a goal up, that disappointment, heads didn't drop. You know, there's been accusations of maybe that happening over, over the last few months, but none of that today. Uh, no, none of that at all. I, I thought they were really, really strong. Uh, I thought they pushed even at 2-1 down when we... When we played our game and got the ball down and, and connected people and got the passes in and we created chances and we created opportunities. So I was really pleased with that. That's something we mentioned at half-time, something we said we did well in the, the early parts of the game and kind of died off in the first half and that's where we allowed Wickham to get back into it. Uh, but we certainly did that in the second half and it helped us get a, a foothold in the game and, and create the chance to get the equaliser. Is it like managing Jonathan Lecco? He's stepping on the ball and falling over or he's absolutely brilliant and angling one into a corner so things happen sometimes he's a creative player he's a dangerous player uh, so you know I, I love having Jonathan in, in, in my team you know it's fantastic he's a, he's a great talent he's a great lad works hard and you know he can create things like that so it's, uh, it's a pleasure to have him uh, through his curveball with uh, Anthony Stewart coming in yeah uh, he's trained really well you know, credit needs to go to him. I said the same when Dean Lewington came back in. Credit always needs to go to the player, but also the medical staff and the physical team who, who work with these players to get them back. And I think he showed today that he come back in, in, in fantastic physical shape uh, to come in and make his debut. You know, after being out that amount of time, having actually been signed in the transfer window and not making it, not managing to make his de debut back then, he showed great character to come back to his old club. And you know, I thought he, he put in a really strong performance today. Another point, 13 from, from the last four. Um, you'd have taken that, wouldn't you, a little while ago? Yeah, I said in there, I said it's important. Uh, if you can't win games, you don't get beat. I think all, all the good teams do that. Uh, obviously, we want to we go and win every game. That's our approach. 
that's our setup. Uh, but certainly, when you you know when when you're two one down at a difficult place like Wickham, uh, who who are pushing as well at the top end of the table, you know to come back and get the equaliser, you know we'll, we'll take the point. Bite about your side now as well because Wickham are a physical side and you know there were one or two battles in there, but you uh, match them. Yeah, hundred percent. I think we've got we, we we look at our team now and I said we're getting stronger and stronger every week. We've got players coming back in. We've got competition for places. We've got players missing out on the squad, but one thing I have to say is that every player throughout the week shows a fantastic attitude. You know, we can only pick a certain amount of players to start the game and be on the bench, but every single player is fully, fully committed to the cause and achieving the goal of, uh, of trying to secure safety for this football club. So, what has that done to the League One table? Well, a few notable changes, most notably at the top. Sheffield Wednesday returned to the top of the table with 80 points from 39 games. Level on points with Plymouth, but do have 10 better goal difference. Plymouth, of course, playing later in the EFL Trophy. Papa John's trophy for all of us that care. The remainder of the playoffs, we've been recently saying that, you know, Barnsley, Bolton and Derby had very much made the playoffs their own. That is no longer the case. Ipswich sit third, 78 points from 38. Barnsley, fourth place, 75 from 38. And then three teams level on 64 points. Bolton, Peterborough United are now in the playoffs, having displaced Derby on goal difference. And even then, it's not goals difference, it's goals scored, as both of them have an 18-plus goal difference. Wickham most certainly aren't out of this yet in 8th place with 62 points and Portsmouth could also be win with a shout with 61 points from 39. One more win going their favour, very much back into the playoff picture. Don't write off the League One quite as perhaps some of us may have been likely to do over the last couple of weeks. In and around mid-table, it's still very much the same. All the usual suspects and the only people that have changed, Cheltenham have overtaken Port Vale to take 16th place. The bottom four of Accrington, Morecambe, Cambridge and Forest Green are still the same four as it was going into the weekend. Now seems most appropriate to bring on the cup final that took place on Sunday, mainly because it was between, of course, two high-pushing League One sides. And really, there was only one winner in this fixture that took place in the Papa John's Trophy final at Wembley. Bolton Wanderers 4, Plymouth Argyle 0. Impressive, Bolton Wanderers blew away League One automatic promotion chasers Plymouth to win a one-sided Papa John's Trophy final with a record 4-0 scoreline at Wembley. Bolton were in dreamland after two goals in the opening ten minutes. Carl Dempsey headed them in front before he provided the pass for Dion Charles to side foot home the second. Dempsey had two excellent chances for a third inside the opening half hour as Argyle appeared to freeze on the big stage. It got better for Bolton as Elias Kachunga pounced on an error for a third shortly after half-time before Gethin Jones headed in a fourth from a corner. It is the second time Bolton have won the EFL Trophy in its various guises. The last time it was also against a Devon opposition when they beat Torquay United 4-1 in 1989. The 4-0 victory is the biggest ever in the 41-year history of the competition, with a crowd of 79,389, the highest anywhere in Europe this weekend. Right. On to League Two, where we've just got just over 10 minutes to take place. And we have two games on Friday night. And we'll start with the Manchester Derby. Stockport County 1, Salford City 1. I guess the greater Manchester Derby is probably more appropriate. An extraordinary strike from Callum Hendry earned Salford a point at Stockport and prevented the hosts from moving one point behind League Two's automatic promotion positions. Connor Evans put Stockport in the box seat after only six minutes, the midfielder guiding home with the outside of his right foot following smart approach play from the irrepressible Kyle Noyle. The home side, who extended their unbeaten Edgeley Park sequence to a tenth match, were quick and hungry in the opening half. Paddy Madden, on his 100th appearance for the club, was the width of a post from doubling Stockport's advantage after latching onto Kyle Wooten's knockdown to shoot from close range. Stockport keeper Ben Hinchcliffe was barely involved, other than to save athletically from Stevie Milan after two minutes, until an unmarked Hendry controlled Jason Lowe's 51st minute throw-in on the right and pivoted to arrow a glorious volley into the top left corner. It was the centre-forward's fifth goal in seven games. Malham was marginally the wrong side of the post with a dipping free kick for a visibly more assured Salford before visiting keeper Alex Cairns was worked by swerving dead ball effort from Stockport left-back Ryan Rydell. Stockport remained fifth, three points behind Stevenage in third. Salford stayed one point and one position beneath their greater Manchester rivals. 
Tranmere Rovers 1, Harrogate Town 1. Harrogate picked up a valuable point in the hard-fought League 2 draw at Tranmere. The, uh, the visitors took the lead after just four minutes when Luke Armstrong latched onto a cross from George Thompson to steer the ball into the top right-hand corner. Rovers struck Bob back in the 37th minute when Reese Hughes's free kick ended up in the back of the net after pouncing off the post and then the unfortunate town goalkeeper Mark Oxley. The away side looked the more dangerous after the break with Kazim Oligibe and Armstrong both coming close. Uh, Jack Muldoon had a great chance to put Harrogate back in front when he shot straight at Matthias Hewlett in the Rovers' goal, following an Olegbi free kick. Olegbi, Olegbi. Tranmere were not without any chances of their own as Kane Hemmings and Regan Hendry both wasted opportunities as the game wore on. Either team could have snatched victory in the closing stages, with Hemmings driving wide for Rovers and Olegbi forcing a save from Hewlett. But the draw probably favoured the away side, who are now seven points clear of the drop zone, while it is now five games without a victory for Tranmere. With that in mind, let's listen to Harrogate Town boss Simon Weaver. I mean, a point probably doesn't tell the full story here because the odds were fantastic for first whistle to last, you know, battling away, creating chances, and it was unlucky with the goal we conceded as well. Yeah, yeah, it was unlucky, that one off the, uh, the back of box. Um, from the free kick that probably shouldn't have been given but um, overall delighted with the showing tonight Yeah, and a lot of chances created we get the goal early doors as well so you must be pleased with the way the players took the game by the scuff of the neck as well Yeah, absolutely I thought we were in the ascendancy uh, from the off um, so the, the goal that gave the supporters um, you know, some heart and uh, you know, from 35 minutes to, to half time um, it, it swayed a bit in momentum um, but yeah, looking at the stats straight after the game, you know, we had 16 shots tonight, and our place to go. Um, but we showed what we're capable of, and I think we're a, an emerging team. You know, I think we're, we've been playing some good stuff for quite some time now, um, and it's a valuable point. Yeah, and with the gap in fixtures we did have, was there any worry that there might have been a wee bit of not complacency, but tired legs out there, or maybe lads that maybe not be ready for this challenge when it came, but there wasn't that, and they were all ready for it and up for it. Yeah, actually, just. Thank the lads, you know, on behalf of the staff because um, uh, it's testament to their character that they've gone out and showed up like that after two weeks. And after a win, we, to be honest, you know, you asked me the other day, uh, would you have wanted that game last week? And you know, the answer is honestly, yeah. You know, uh, on the back of a win, we wanted to go to that next game and play straight away, but um, wasn't to be. But tonight, I thought we saw a confident performance, and I say there's a real growing confidence. Yeah, and a lot of key performances in there. You know, you look at the guys like Matty Folds, Levi Sutton, and then Alex Passing comes on in his place and just slots in seamlessly and does the the dirty work well as well here tonight. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I thought everyone put in a a, a really hard working um, output tonight, and um, <clears throat> we all played the part. And and yeah, it's it's good sign of team spirit as well when the lads who are on the bench, um, disappointed as they may be, um, come on and you know inject some energy and vigour into the performance as well. And uh, but they were just taken over from lads who'd run the socks off. So everyone, yeah, it, an honest shift, um, but a good one too. Yeah, and going to Wimbledon next week. I mean, is there any any signs of improvement you want to make? Or are you happy with a performance like that again next week? Oh, yeah, yeah, you always want more. I'm sure we'll dissect it properly. Um, over the weekend and uh, and challenge the players to, to improve um, s- small parts of the game. But I don't think it's anything uh, major surgery to it, you know, that around the season, yeah, that we've been searching for um, a cure, searching to get better. Um, but there'll be there'll be elements to improve upon, you know, a little bit of composure here and there. Um, but all in all, you know, I thought uh, they keep all the f- two fantastic saves, you know, and uh, another night we might have won 3-1, but I have to say it's still a valuable point. Uh, uh, you know, we're a good football club um, and a uh, difficult place to come. Just enough time to fire through the remaining games in League 2. We'll start with the one o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Bradford City 3, Grimsby Town 2. Andy Cook's 23rd league goal of the season kept Bradford firmly in the promotion hunt with a thrilling victory over Grimsby. Cook settled the game nine minutes from time from substitute Matt Derbyshire's cross as the Bantams came from 2-1 behind in a lively game. Bradford went in front after six minutes through Alex Gilead, who swept home for 15 yards after Alec Grimsby goalkeeper Max Crocombe had denied Harry Chapman. The game had turned on its head when Harry Clifton's quick thinking won a penalty off homekeeper Harry Lewis and Gavin Holohan converted from the spot. Grimsby took the lead just before half-time through Andy Smith after the Bantams failed to deal with Anthony Glennon's corner. 
Bradford levelled after 62 minutes with a route one equaliser. Jamie Walker scoring at the second attempt at the end of the long ball from Sam Stubbs. Uh, But Cook's late finish was enough to move Bradford up to sixth. AFC Wimbledon nil, Rochdale won. Danny Lloyd struck as bottom of the table. Rochdale picked up a precious win over AFC Wimbledon at Plough Lane. A fairly decent and performance uh, from Rochdale. Of course, under a new uh, interim manager, uh, Lloyd Goldrick. Uh, yeah, Danny Lloyd got the goal in the 64th minute. Barrow 2, Gillingham 1. Robbie Gott scored a dramatic stoppage time screamer to secure Barrow a welcome victory over Gillingham. Glenn Morris's early goal handed the hosts the lead, but the game looked set for a draw after Connor Masterson's 82nd minute leveller. But Gotts' first goal of the season came just at the right time to keep Barrow within touching distance of the top seven. Colchester nil, Newport County nil. Uh, not a lot really to speak there, apart from that Newport County earned another point on the road in this goalless encounter at Colchester. The hosts stay 21st, three points above the relegation zone, while the visitors drop a spot to 18th, but are now nine points off the drop. Doncaster Rivers nil, Crew Alexander 2. Crew put further daylight between themselves and the relegation spots with victory at Doncaster. Goals from Courtney Baker-Richardson and Connor O'Riordan secured the win for the Alex and left Rovers with a six defeat from their last nine. And not looking too good for Danny Schofield, if you ask me. Hartlepool United 2, Swindon Town 1. Hartlepool snatched a dramatic League one, League 2 lifeline with an injury-time victory over Swindon in John Askey's first win as boss. Substitute Oliver Finney cracked home from 25 yards to lift pools to within two points of third-bottom Crawley. Connor Jennings brought the host level in the 88th minute, cancelling out Rasheen Hepburn-Murphy's early opener before Finney's wonderful strike sealed that first win under boss John Askey. The Robins went ahead after five minutes. The pool defence backed off and Hepburn Murphy fired in a firm 25-yarder. But the goal gave the visitors, who were 12 points off the playoff places, an advantage they were happy to hold. But Hartlepool went close to a leveller in the first half, Jennings had heading against the bar from a Dan Dodds free kick. The home side forced the game into the second period and in the 58th minute, goalkeeper Sol Bryn pushed away a strong Jamie Sterry shot at his near post. From the corner, Bryn then kept out a close-range Jennings header. The host kept going and grabbed a deserved equaliser when Jennings turned in former glover Wes McDonald's cross from close range. And when Finney was allowed to run at the visiting defence, his shot was too good for Bryn and sent the home crowd into raptures. Big game at the top now, Leighton Orient 1, Carlisle United 0. Leighton Orient continued their relentless march towards the League 2 title as they saw off Pella for motions hopefuls Carlisle 1-0 at Brisbane Road. Goal as an own goal from John Mellish in the 73rd minute, who would finish the game with 10 men, following Charlie Kelman being sent off after picking up a second yellow card. But the watertight home defence held out. Mansfield Town 4, Crawley 1. Mansfield were back to their best as they halted relegation threat from Crawley's five-game unbeaten run in style, with a convincing 4-1 win at home. Without a win in four going into the match, Ollie Clark put the playoff chasing Stags ahead after only four minutes, with a low finish from 12 yards following Stephen Quinn's pass to the left. Alfie Kilgore getting one of his first goals for Mansfield since transferring from Bristol Rovers in the 47th minute, and it was 4-0 within 65 minutes as two goals from Davis Keeler Dunn in the 50th and 65th minute. A Gungbo of Crawley uh, got the uh, only consolation, Mazida Gungbo, sorry, uh, with a low left side footed consolation. Northampton Town 1, Stevenage 1. Jamie Reid scored a late equaliser as Stevenage fought back to draw at promotion rivals Northampton. Lewis Sapiri had given the second place cobblers an early lead, but Stevenage laid siege to the home goal for much of the second half and deservedly came away with the point as both teams remain in the top three. And finally, Walsall 1, Sutton United 1. Sutton's playoff hopes took a knock as goalkeeper Jack Rose's stoppage time howler handed his former side Walsall a point. Rose fumbled former glover Tom Knowles' straightforward free kick in the 95th minute and Isaac Hutchinson swept home to cancel out Alistair Smith's first half opener. 
Just enough time to take a look at the League Two table for you. Bradford move into sixth place in uh, overtaking Salford in the final playoff spots. Uh, they are st- uh, Salford still two points clear of main challengers Mansfield, who do have a game in hand. Barrow up to ninth, displacing Sutton United. Walsall going above Tranmere, firmly mid-table in 13th. Crew up to 17th uh, uh, and displacing Newport and Gillingham. Rochdale still firmly in the bottom two, looks deeply unlikely otherwise. Hartlepool now two points uh, closer to Crawley and, of course, League Two survival. With that in mind, that brings us to the end of tonight's EFL review. I hope you've enjoyed it. Four competitions for us to enjoy. Next week, we'll be back to the usual three leagues. Plenty of excitement. So, with that in mind, I hope you have a lovely rest of your week. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. (laughs) 